amen and glory to God. Another podcast day here in the studio at New Way Church in Palm Coast, Florida. Well, God bless you. We love you. We thank God for you. I'm here with some radicals in the studio today. Come on, could you just shout, collapse, say something? Amen. Uh, we're God lovers. We're God pursuers. And we just want to share this time with you, make it available uh, unto you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness. The Bible says your mercy never ends. Your mercy endures forever. Thank you for your mercy that you have on us daily. Uh, we thank you for the Holy Ghost and fire. We thank you for the anointing. Uh, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit uh, that's with us today, God with us now, uh, helping us navigate through the times in which we live. Oh, we love the Holy Spirit. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, get your Bible, get ready. Uh, I titled today as No More Leeks in Garlic. No More Leeks in Garlic. And we'll get to the definition, the deep meaning of that in just a moment. But I want to preface today uh, so that you understand I just don't come up uh, with something to say, something to preach, something to speak. Uh, it, 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 hopefully 100% of the time it's God-breathed, God-led. But I, I want you to understand where we're at presently in history. Now, I alluded to this on Sunday and even last week, I believe Wednesday, that, that we are standing at a place in time where no human being has ever been before. Now, I know you say, I know that because today's today. No, I, I mean uh, we are in the middle of a, a shift, a cataclysmic shift. We could even say a catastrophic shift uh, to where uh, men have transferred or, or been transformed uh, from season to season, from earth to earth. But the, this next transformation, this next shift is from earth to the kingdom of God, to heaven for some of us. And then this next shift into the unknown is man going from a period of grace, of God's love, kindness, grace, and mercy into God's judgment, which is going to be the tribulation. And, and that's why the earth, if you understand right now, the goodness of God is shining upon us. E even in a troubled time, the goodness of God, we, we still walk outside of these doors and we're still under the grace dispensation. We're still protected under that umbrella. We're still being blessed. We're still being fed. We can still breathe. We can still speak under that umbrella. Well, that umbrella is going to be removed, and it's going to uh, be changed into judgment. Uh, God's wrath, God's judgment, and you're going to see uh, uh, Satan is coming to receive his payment uh, for those who were sinners, uh, and it's going to just be a horrific uh, catastrophic, a uh, horrible uh, season. So that's where we're presently at. Uh, everything's shifting now. Uh, when when things shift, things that can be shaken will be shaken. Things that fall will fall. Things that will remain or that do remain or 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 an authenticity of the kingdom of God or of God. Uh, so uh, understand this: that the things that we presently are seeing. Or, 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 or have been ordained by God. They must be. But the things of God uh, shall remain. And that's good news. Amen. So back to my leeks and garlic. And don't be shaken. Don't be nervous in the, in the hour in which we're presently living. God uh, orchestrated, God calculated uh, you being here on planet earth in this very moment. This, you being here is by God design. It's not, you didn't like squeak through on accident and God's like, oh my God, you know, it's like I got a, 
you know, Gomer Pyle's army down there or, you know, uh, Radar's army, if you remember MASH back in the day. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, it, it was by uh, design that you be on the planet today. It was by design that you be a carrier of the gospel today uh, by God design. So, uh, amen. Get your notebook, notepads and, and books out. Now, understand this. God's people went into captivity for over 400 years into Egypt. Now, some of the, the biblical verbiage, which I don't have time to get into today, uh, says they, were, they, they went into Egypt uh, for a, a season, they, and they went into Egypt, and, and it kind of reads like what happened in Egypt wasn't supposed to happen in Egypt. But, but that's for another story. But we can read into that. Was God's intent in the beginning of them going into Egypt, uh, was it for something different than the outcome in which we see? Uh, and once again, I can talk about this at a later time, but I want to get into leeks and garlic. But after 400 years in Egypt, you develop a mindset. Uh, you know, I can go around the room and I, you can give me a glimpse into your past and I can begin to tell you your personality, how you think, your attitude, uh, just from where you've been the majority of your life. If you come from the northeast sector of America, I can begin to tell you uh, probably down to the T what you like, what you dislike, your attitude, what you stand for, what you don't, how you answer, uh, how you respond to certain things. If you come from California, if you come from you know the the, the northwest, you know it, it, you're a, a product of your culture, and your culture will dictate to you uh, certain mannerisms, certain attitude, characteristics. Uh, so if you're somewhere for 400 years, even if you're with the enemy, you're amongst your enemy, uh, you're still going to take on characteristics, mindsets, and mindsets form an attitude. Uh, mindsets form feelings, opinions, uh, attitudes, and the Israelites weren't Egyptians, they were Israelites and they were passing through. Their destiny was Canaan, the promised land. Now, now write these things down. Uh, Canaan, even today, represents victories. It represents, I prayed, that prayer was answered. That's a Canaan experience. I believed, this thing happened. Uh, I walked through, I obtained. That's, that's all Canaan. That's what Canaan represents to God's people. It represents victory. It represents freedom. It represents peace. It represents joy. It represents God's, God is faithful. Uh, it represents the ability of our God. And God wanted Israel to keep their eyes focused on the promise on Canaan. Well, they got into this land, Egypt, and in Egypt they were bondage or they became bond slaves, meaning they, were, they belonged to, they were possessed by Egyptians. They were forced into actions and activities. That doesn't seem like God put them there. Uh, if they were in bondage or or lorded over by somebody else, uh, however, they find their, themselves in this position. Now, turn with me to Numbers. We'll pick up here, uh, Numbers eleven, and I want to give you this scripture, and then we'll kind of backtrack into Exodus fourteen. Numbers eleven, uh, in verse four, and the mixed multitude that was among them. Uh, fell lusting, and the children of Israel also wept against and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? And then they begin uh, to remember, they begin to ponder 
Uh, they remember, they, they went back in, in the past. Be very careful with your past. Uh, you, your past should catapult you to your future. If not, if it's only a memory, it becomes an anchor. If your past doesn't catapult you to your future, your, your past now becomes an anchor. It, it holds you back. It holds you to a specific time. It tethers you, uh, which is a form of bondage. Uh, so so uh, they're just resorting back to what they became in Egypt. Uh, they learned how to live in bondage. They learned how to live tethered. They learned how to anchor, how to live anchored. Uh, I used to deal with a lot of prisoners, uh, you know, in, in my former life. And, and uh, we'd ask prisoners, you know, do, are you excited to get out? And mostly felons. It wasn't, you know, misdemeanor type people. It was felon, you know, felonious charges. People spend a lot of time in jail. And they'd say, not really. And we'd be like, what do you mean not really? And they'd say, uh, that's, you know, free life is foreign to us. Uh, you know, I've been in prison since I was 12. I've been in the system since they, they use the word system. The system since I was 12 as a little boy I went to the system. And, and I don't know how to live outside of the system. You know, I, I know how to live. I know what people expect of me in here. I, I know they're going to try to kill me. I, I understand that life. I, I'm going to get fed three square meals. I'm going to get a shower. I don't have to worry about a job. Everything's, you know, provided for me here. Now, is, is that a, a good circumstance? The answer is absolutely not. But it's a learned behavior. So, so understand the Israelites were being programmed uh, by a, 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 a culture uh, to act a certain way. And so uh, the Israelites come out of Egypt, but their mind's still in Egypt. Now, a lot of you come out of the world, but your mind's still in the world. Uh, a lot of you have been called out by God. Uh, you, you've been uh, you know, chosen by God, called out. You've been pulled out. You've been plucked out. You've been called into the kingdom of God, and, and you've been free. You've been washed. You've been cleansed. But what is it that, that, can, that you continually think of? Why is it that, that you're thinking about? Why is it that, that you desire the things of the past? And the answer is, is it's the deception of Satan. Because Satan, if Satan has a right to you, he can paint a picture to you of something that's not. So let's look at five here. It says, when uh, we don't have any flesh out here in the desert, when we remember the fish, which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumber and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Uh, now, that sounds pretty good. You know, we sit here and we think, wow, we got a fish fry. You know, we got a little uh, you know, cucumber salad with some onions in it. We got some garlic. We got some leeks. Well, when you begin to study that food, understand this: they were not commoners. They weren't. Uh, they, they weren't partakers in the in the same blessing of the Egyptians. They were beneath the Egyptians. When you study these food groups out, the only food group out of that I just named that was good was watermelon. And they had to have watermelon. Watermelon was sustenance or sustained them in labor. It'd be like a modern-day Gatorade. It would be a refresher. It had the ability to keep them from dehydrating. It had the ability to keep their organs going. So that was the only good thing they got that they had to have because the Egyptians said, if we don't give them this, they're going to drop dead. They're going to die. 
But when you look at the fish, God even named certain fish we shouldn't eat. And at this time, they weren't getting the snapper. They weren't getting the grouper. They were, they were getting the mudfish. They were getting the leftovers. They were getting the catfish. They were getting the thing that didn't have a scale that God said you shouldn't touch it. Uh, and I don't even know if they were getting that good of a fish. They, may get, they were getting the throwaway. Now, the, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic are, were poor people food. Not only were they poor people food, but this was a concoction of, uh, of a, an, an odor that people would know them by their smell. I don't, I don't know about you. Uh, I went through this thing years ago. I think it was, was it called Zuccarelli's we used to go to in, in, in Fort Lauderdale? And they had the garlic knots. Oh, man. This place called Zuccarelli's Italian. They had these garlic knots and, and they would butter, fresh, you know, made garlic knots. And then they'd spoon like on each, uh, you know, garlic knot, like a spoonful of garlic. And I remember I, I was eating them things up. And I went and saw my grandma, my dad's mom. And, and she I went to give me eggs. She goes, oh, my God. She goes, you stink. And I said, what do you mean I stink? And she says, you smell like B.O. And I said, I just got out of the shower. And she smelled me, and she goes, you've been eating garlic? Now, the funny thing is, is I couldn't smell it. Come on, are you here? Think about what I'm saying. I couldn't smell it. Uh, but she could smell it. Come on, are you here? And, and, and the Israelites, I said this Sunday, I'm going to get a little deeper into it. The, the Israelites, in 400 years, you'll start looking like the people you're around. Uh, you know, like me and my wife, uh, we're, we're two different individual people, but we eat the same time every day we wake up the same time we go to sleep the same time we eat the same thing you know we watch the same thing we listen to the same thing but we've become like our own little culture uh because of, of of the things we share the the time spent together and and that's only we're, we're coming up to 30 years that's only 30 years together 400 years you're, you're birthing your children the societies are being birthed in bondage, societies are, uh, you know, cultures and, and, and so on and so forth. Come on, are you here? And, and so uh, they begin to take on uh, this, uh, this mindset, uh, these actions, this attitude, facial expressions, just like the enemy. And the enemy says uh, they've got to be set apart. We've got to know who they are. So this leeks and garlic didn't represent fresh garden fruit. This leeks and garlic represented a, a stench or a smell that would set them apart. Uh, we knew who they are. They were marked by how they smell. And then you add fish into that concoction, and that doesn't, that doesn't uh, sound like a good uh, odor. Come on, are you still here? Can you say amen? So if I were to say, what do the leeks and garlic represent? The leeks and garlic always represent your past. And the majority of your past stinks. Come on, is somebody here this morning? Now, there's always good things in your past, but, but, but if you are in Christ Jesus, you should be di being discipled, you should be in the process of discipleship, and you should be coming out. You should be coming out, coming out, coming out, coming out, going higher every day, every week, every month, every year of your life. You should be elevating, and you should be leaving things behind that were under a slave nature. Is somebody here, can you say amen? Now, now let's go. Go back to Exodus 14. Hallelujah. Canaan represents freedom. Uh, that, that's, that, that's forward. That's before us. Canaan's before you. Everybody point uh, to your right and, and point and say, Canaan's before me. 
Uh, Canaan's before me. Uh, my, my, I'm going to Canaan. That's my goal is Canaan land. Uh, I'm, my, my, I'm on a journey to Canaan. And you don't stop that journey. That's the journey of faith. That's the journey of God. That, that's the direction we're going into until we're raptured or until we leave this earth. We're going to Canaan. Uh, we're not going back uh, to bondage. No more leeks. No more garlic. Now, if I have to get into this a little more for you, I will. But when we talk about a mentality, they had a slave mentality. And you see so many Christians with slave mentalities. It's so sad. They come in and they're touched. They're washed by the blood of the king. They're covered by the king's ability. The king raised them in a cloth if you will, uh, a king prepares them, a king fashions them, the king fashions them, and they're clean on the outside, but they never get free from a mindset or a mentality. Let me give you this definition on a mentality. Mentality means characteristic, uh, characteristics, uh, attitude, mindset, a way of thinking, an outlook, a philosophy, or a disposition. Uh, once again, a mentality, characteristics, attitude, mindset, a way of thinking, an outlook, a philosophy or disposition. Now, uh, that that if those things are created uh, in your surroundings, uh, or, or by your surroundings and by information. Uh, if you stick around here long enough, uh, there's a culture at New Way Church. It's a kingdom culture. And if you get involved, if you're around this kingdom culture uh, long enough, you'll take on a kingdom culture mindset. Uh, it's, it's a Bible mindset. Are you here this morning? Can you say amen? Uh, your attitude should begin to change. Uh, now, if, if you stay in bondage, that means you stayed attached to the surroundings, uh, the information that created the initial bondages. Oh, that's pretty powerful. Uh, sometimes we got to sever some things. You know, that, that's another hard thing I see in, in Christians, and I don't understand it. I've become good at severing ungodly ties and bondages. I just call you and say, we're done. Either you come up or you got to go. But I'm not putting my salvation at risk for you. I'm not putting the most precious thing in my life at risk for family, for friends, for associations, for clubs, for groups, for anything else. I belong to the king. I've been cleansed by the king. I've been paid for by the king. Uh, he gets my life, and I'm not putting it up to bid for anything or anybody else. Can you say amen? But there comes a time in your life where you're going to have to sever uh, ties to the thing that preformed you. In, in Jesus, you're being reformed. Uh, but before him, you were preformed. Come on, somebody here. Did I go a little too deep today? Did I come to the wrong building, wrong church today? Am I on the wrong podcast today? Are there aliens among us today? My wife says yes. Randy says yes. They got next week's podcast. Uh, you were preformed by society before Jesus. Society formed uh, you don't. You didn't form your opinions. So, uh, society formed your opinions. Uh, you didn't form. Now, now I say this. You didn't form your diet. Now there's things you didn't like, and you kind of like singled it out. But society. If you if you grew up in Italy, if you grew up in Germany, you wouldn't be eating the same food you ate today because that society would help form everything in you. 
uh, your likes, your dislikes. Uh, you know, you'd be eating bratwurst if you were from Germany today and Wiener schnitzel and potatoes and, and sauerkraut, you know, and, and that would be your life, very bland of uh, life you would have uh, because society said so. Uh, somebody's still here. So you've got to be very careful with your children. Uh, you, you send your children to a school, uh, a culture, a school's made up of a culture, a school's made up of, of rules, uh, that 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 a society forms, and, and then they're trying to reform your children to fit into that culture. We say re reformation. Uh, so you send your kids off, uh, and you trust a society or a culture to uh, uh, undergird the culture that you're a part of, but they're not a part of that culture. So uh, let me help you, parents. Don't send your children to Egypt and think they're going to come home like Israelites. Uh, don't send your children to Egypt and wanting a Canaan land uh, attitude. It's impossible uh, to do that. Are you still with me? Can you say uh, amen? You send someone from Florida uh, to, to the, you know, the, the, the horrible places of California, and, and they're not going to fit in. But if they remain long enough, come on, are you here? They'll, they'll be reformed into that culture, into that image. Oh, I hope I'm helping somebody. Uh, today. Uh, and, and let me finish this. We'll get a few scriptures into you. Exodus 14. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you. Exodus 14, 10. I want to get to And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, uh, and they were sore afraid. Then the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt. Thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore hast thou dealt thou with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Now, it's funny to me. In the midst of everything that's going on, all of a sudden, they're concerned with death. Where are, who's going to bury us? Uh, where are we going to be buried uh, you know, what's going to happen? We don't understand that, that you're taking us from one place to another, but we've noticed this out of everything they could have noticed. And I don't remember the, 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 the title for death, uh, but I think it's uh, uh, a necrophiliac. Does that sound right? Necrophiliac. But unless you're a necrophiliac, you shouldn't be concerned with death. It's only that that'd be like a, a a a mindset or like people that are attracted to certain things, uh, necrophilia, something of that of that nature. I'm very close with it, uh, and I have it somewhere in my notes. But but that kind of person gets excited by dead things, uh, so I don't think they were they were, that was what they were trying to convey. But they're like drawing straws now. Uh, understand this at this point in time. They've already established the Passover feast. They already had permission by God to leave. Uh, God changed Pharaoh's heart in which they came and brought all of their jewels, all of their precious uh, metals, and began to array the children of Israel's, uh, you know, carts, wagons, women, uh, put their earrings on, their necklaces on them. They were, God caused, caused Egypt to be deceived, to think differently for a moment. Uh, so you would think at this point in time that, that these people are saying, okay, maybe this is the promise of God. 
You know, they've never brought us, they've never wished us well. They all came out for our departure. They, They not only came out, but they brought us departing gifts. And now all of a sudden they look in the rearview mirror, uh, come on, are you here? And, and they look in the past and they see the same army that just blessed them pursuing them, but they see that the, the good ones that waved them off weren't pursuing it, it was chariots or, or it was the, the, the war part of that society. It was the warriors. And they go to Moses and they said, here, we're going to die. At least if we, we were there, we would have a place to be buried. When you're dead, you're dead. Like people tell me all the time, Are, you have your, your, all your stuff prepared. I'll set some money aside so I don't be burdened anybody else. But when I die, hey, throw me to the dogs. You know, get, I don't care what you do. Feed me to the fish. It doesn't matter at all. I came from dust. I'm going to go back to dust. And God's just going to pull my body back together if I go before, you know, the way of the grave. And he'll know how to assemble it in the air and glorify it. But I don't really care what happens to me after I leave this earth and take my last breath at this earth. But all of a sudden, they became like this, uh, this archaeologist mindset. Where would we be buried? Come on, are you, can you see the deception of Satan or the power of culture? All right, let's go a little further. And Moses said unto them, people, fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation. Oh, I love that word in the Old Testament, the Hebrew. Let's see the promise, the ability. Let's see the might. Uh, Let's see the love. Let's see the grace. Let's see the mercy. Let's see. Let's watch and see the fullness of our God. Uh, Let's watch and see the the, the promise of our God unfold before our very eyes. Uh, He said, uh, which he will show you this day. The Egyptians uh, whom you have uh, today, uh, you shall see them again uh, no more forever. You will see the Egyptians no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Uh, tell someone, just, well, let's not tell anybody, but hold your peace very simply means shut up. So just say, don't, just look up so we don't want to be mean to anybody. And just say, self, shut up. Because Moses is saying, hold on, be quiet, hold your peace, or shut up, be quiet. God's fixing to deliver us today out of the hand of the Egyptians forever. And then he says, be quiet, don't say anything about it. That's the end, that's the explanation point. And they begin to murmur still. Uh, how, how is this possible? Once again, they, they, there was no time taken to renew their minds. Uh, in, in the New Covenant, the Bible talks about a renewed mind, uh, a reestablishing uh, information in, in, in order uh, to take on the mindset of a kingdom or have a kingdom culture mindset. You can only do that with the Word of God. Are you still here? Can someone say amen? Uh, let me tell you, come on, I got something else to tell you here if I can get to it. The Bible tells us to is so beautiful back in Numbers. Thank you, Lord. Uh, back in Numbers, uh, God promises them, they, they want, I'm almost out of time, they want, they want meat to eat. You know, they're, they're thinking about the slave food. Uh, but then God in Numbers chapter 11, once again, uh, start in verse 21. And Moses said to people, among whom I am 600,000 footmen. Now these are soldiers. There's 600,000 uh, uh, footmen uh, but there were uh, two to three million people. That's how big Israel was when they came out. So if, if, 
if their mentality was the mentality that God gave them in the first place, they probably could have overthrown the Egyptians. Now, the Egyptians was a vast army. That was the superpower of the day. So it'd be like the uh, modern-day America. We are the superpower. It's hard to believe anymore, but we still are the superpower on the planet. Uh, so that's who Egypt would have been. But three million people is, is no laughing matter. You're not talking about a time where there was billions of people on the planet. So this was a vast group of people. Uh, but he says there, Moses said to the people, uh, and he's 600 footmen, and, and he goes and he says, uh, I will give them flesh that they may eat a whole mouthful, 22 Shall the flocks and the herds slain them and suffer them, or shall it be that they gather them uh, to suffice them? Now Moses is asking, you're promising meat, but I don't understand how we're going to get this meat. Should we kill all of our flocks? And the Lord said unto Moses, uh, is the Lord's hand too short that we uh, shall now uh, see my word, whether it come to pass or not? So are you saying to me, Moses, that I can't do this? Now, now, once again, I want to jump just quickly uh, into 31. And, and there went forth a wind from the Lord and brought quail from the sea and let them fall by the camp as, as, it, as it were a day's journey on this side. Then there was a day's journey on the other side, round about the camp, and it was two cubits high on the face of the earth. Now, this would be a modern, okay, let me give you the math real quick. I did this earlier. This would be, uh, 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 this would be the equivalent of 840 gallons of quail. 840 gallons of quail. That would be uh, 6,720 quail to each of the 3 million people. Each person, 3 million people, each person had 6,720 quail. And you're talking about leeks and garlic? What are you going to do with 6,720 quail? And they didn't have no, no, no dryer, you know, freezer, you know, way to dry, you know, seal and freezer. And so this is an ongoing process. Uh, God's uh, probably trying to figure out how to get so much stuff in their mouth to where they can't talk and get in trouble anymore. They're going to fill their mouth with quail. Maybe they'll shut up for a minute. And give me a break. So uh, 6,720 6, quail to each of the 3 million people. The total was uh, 2,520,000,000 gallons. 2,520,000,000 gallons. Or, or, or 20,160,000 quail. That's a lot of quail. Well, I don't know if you've ever hunted quail. I've hunted quail. I like shooting quail. That's a lot of quail. That, that's like... Uh, quail like seas of gnats or flies to where you can't see through them. I don't even think you needed a gun. They probably just lift it up in the air and start grabbing them out. But hold on, let me finish. Let me land this thing. Now 33, so, or well, let's do 32. And the people stood up all that day and that night and the next day and gathered the quail. And the people stood up all that day and all that night and all the next day and gathered the quail. Uh, he that gathered uh, the least gathered uh, 10, uh, I don't know how much that is, 10 homers or bushels probably, and they spread them abroad for themselves round about the camp. Now listen to this. And while the flesh was still between their teeth, while they were still chewing, they're still complaining. What, what, are you kidding? So it'd be, 
All right, Pastor, we're, we're, you're telling us we're going to a new land. We're going to a new place. We're hungry. All right, guys, get the ribeyes. So we have a huge barbecue. We're feeding you so much ribeye that your mouth's so full. You're getting, your jaws are getting tired. Your belly's swelled up, and you're chewing. And then you're saying, well, we don't like this kind of ribeye. We don't like eating ribeye here. We don't like this plate. What causes someone to act like this? And, and the answer is a forced mentality. Now, now listen to me very clearly. The people of God uh, should walk in peace, and they should walk in a God mindset. How are you going to walk in peace in a God mindset? You're going to have to obtain new information uh, than the information that you had previous to coming to God. Uh, the old information you've got to kick out. Now, we can see the Israelites struggled with this, uh, throughout, and it was only Caleb that entered into the promise, and that was many generations beyond the beginning of bondage in Egypt. And, and what did Caleb have to overcome? Uh, Caleb had to overcome a mentality, a culture, and a mindset. And the only way we see that Caleb could overcome this culture, this 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 enemy, this this you know mindset of a prisoner was he continually talked about God and he kept his eyes on the things of God. He continually talked about God. When, when, when you keep God in the midst of everything, uh, you can't focus on everything. When God becomes your focal point, everything else will begin to disappear. Uh, when you raise up the name of Jesus, every other name comes down. When you exalt the things of God, uh, everything else is overwhelmed. Uh, come on, is somebody here. Uh, understand the things of God are, are weightier, that uh, they're heavier. If you take a bucket and you put a light substance in, and then you begin to pour something heavy on that light substance, the, the lighter has to overflow and be removed or replaced with the heavier. The things of God are heavier. Heavier. As you take on the heavier information of God, it will begin to immerse and press down and cause the, the, the things of life, the things of this world to overflow out of you. Is somebody here, can somebody say amen? Glory to God. Uh, but if you try to contend with or live between two worlds, uh, to, to, you know, if you try to live between two opinions, you'll always resort back to what's normal, and, and that's because that to you you is natural. If you try to live between two opinions, you'll always resort back to which is normal. That's your default. Uh, default means I, I bring it back to its norm, its, its uh, previous state, which you know represents its natural state. No, your natural state was a fallen man. Uh, your real state is your God state. Your real state wasn't your state before God. That that was cursed man's state. You were created not to be a cursed man. You were created by God to be a God man, a blessed man, a free man, not a bond man. Uh, so your normal state is not what Satan's continually trying to get you to default back to. Your normal state is the state that God's trying to show, project to you, to try to attract you to. Can someone say amen to that? Uh, Ephesians 4 and 23, I'll give you three scriptures and we'll, we'll finish. 
I hope this was a blessing to somebody. Uh, but you got to change your mentality. You got to change the culture around you. You got to get around right people. You got to, you know, it, it, you say, well, I can't get around right people. I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a situation. Well, you can pray in the Holy Ghost and it'll begin to change the atmosphere of, of the life around you. Uh, you say, well, someone will get offended. Well, that's the whole idea. Offend the demons or the culture that's leading the people that's messing you up. Amen. Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians. All right. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I, I love this subject. It's a beautiful subject of freedom. Ephesians 4 and 23. Uh, it says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, 24, and that you put on the new man, uh, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, now how am I going to uh, change my mind? How am I going to change yeah, and, and put on this new man, or what is this new man? The new man's new information. It's very simple, the new man's new information. Because uh, you can't establish a new man with old information. The old information projects who you presently are. New information project, projects the new man that is found in Christ Jesus. Uh, Colossians 3, 2, uh, move right along, give you some scriptures to meditate as you leave. Uh, or as you're listening to, as we uh, uh, turn, you know, finish the show today, Colossians 3 and 2 says, uh, in order to have a, a new mindset, 1 and 2, actually Colossians 3, 1 and 2, if you then be risen with Christ, seek, ponder, meditate those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. I've met so many Christians are, who are the greatest meditators uh, the greatest seekers on the planet. The problem is they, they're seeking, meditating the wrong information. Uh, you have the ability. Uh, you see people in a fallen nature. You are like the most severe meditator on the planet. And then we talk about meditating the Scripture of God. We're like, oh, I don't know how to do that. I don't have time to do that. Yeah, because you're, you're so busy meditating all the garbage. Uh, from the culture that, uh, that that Satan has tried to tie you to. You're, you're so worried about the leeks and the garlic. You know, uh, I, I remember, it's funny about the leeks and the garlic. Years ago, there was poor people food. Uh, does anybody remember poor people food? Like, like oxtails were, you know, like throwaway food. You go to the butcher, oxtails, pig's feet, pig's tail, pig's ears, chicken, chicken feet. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't like a sought after meal. Uh, people, usually minorities, you know, different lands that were um, poverty or a lower level, uh, that's just what they could afford or could get from the butcher, and then they would make a cuisine out of it. They'd make something good out of it. Well, uh, the word got out that these foods were good, and I, oxtails, when my grandma was alive, you go get a, a, a bucket full of oxtails. I don't remember if the butcher gave it to her, but it, it was like pennies on the dollar. Now you can't go get eight oxtails for about $20. But that's slave food. Uh, I remember this. My father, for some reason, we, uh, I, I, Kim and I were poor. My parents were poor. Uh, but then they, they got blessed pretty quickly in their marriage. But I remember dad wanted, he loved that government cheese. Has anybody ever, ever got government cheese? <laughs> he, I don't remember what he'd trade. Wasn't there coffee, too? I think the little package you'd get. A little, you know, I think it was rice and, and government cheese. And my father liked the government cheese, so he traded with a poor uh, someone that I knew that was, you know, a, a poor person, and, and he'd get that block of cheese. I remember, I still remember that block of cheese. It's like almost like Velveeta kind of. Uh, 
but it's all right to have had to do that. But if you come from that, you need to change your desire of that. Does that make sense? Like, don't be sitting in here today and say, oh, God, I wish I had government cheese. Okay, if you wish you had the government cheese, you have to have the lifestyle that afforded you government cheese. Come on, there's somebody here that he said, oh, I wish I'd go back to pig's feet. That's fine. I like, yeah, no one like, I like pig's feet. It's wonderful. But remember why you ate pig's feet in the first place. Uh, uh, oh, I want chicken feet. Remember, it wasn't like you went to the store and be like, you know, prime rib, uh, you know, lamb chops or chicken feet. Um, chicken feet. No, no, no. You were forced into that. Uh, come on, a, a, a life, a, a culture, uh, circumstances in life dictated to you. Uh, I don't know about you. I used to go to the store, go to the grocery store. Maybe, maybe, maybe I love the grocery store because of this. I used to go to the grocery store, and Kim and I would put together like $100. Because even 30 years ago or 25 years ago, you couldn't go to the grocery store, and, and $100 still didn't get you much back then. And I'd go to the grocery store, and she'd give me a list. And on top of the list was diapers. Diapers are expensive. Uh, diapers, wipes, lotions for the babies, all that stuff. And, and then everything else was food. And I remember I, we had $100. Like, I don't remember how long we go. And I could calculate without a calculator, because we didn't have phone calculators, you know, like we do today. I could calculate to within about a dime perfect every single time. And I wouldn't sit there and write it. I'd just do it quickly. And I'd get up to the thing, and I'd say, oh, God, please let my calculations be true. Because if not, then you well, take that off, take that off, and you got people behind you watching, people in front of you watching you. Uh, but to me, uh, that was such a humiliating, uh, you know, evil, ungodly thing. And I don't want to go back to that. And I don't want to have to go. I, I love today when I take my little grandbaby uh, to the store, any of my kids want to go to the store with me, I say, you put anything, you go get two carts, and you put anything in these carts you want. Now, I got one child that's not mine by birth. She knows how to fill a cart. And I tell Kim, I said, my God, she knows how to, she buys designer food, and it ain't even good food, it's all health food, amen. Uh, but, yeah, that stuff represents a, a, a time in your life where you are in bondage. Poverty is in bondage. Uh, poverty dictates to you a lifestyle. Come on, please hear me today. Uh, uh, and, and that's what the Egyptians were between two opinions. Yeah, we're, we're in prison, and, and this is being done for us, but God's offered us this, and this is what's before us. The last scripture is Romans 8. Romans 8. Glory to God. What a precious morning. Amen. Uh, Romans 8. Romans 8. And we'll look at 5 through 7. Romans 8, 5. Uh, through seven. Uh, the Bible says here, uh, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, they mind the things of the spirit. I like that term mind. Uh, that term mind, that means uh, they accept, they receive, and think on. They accept, receive, and think on. Uh, we can say, do you know, when you say do mind, that, that, that uh, they, they'll accept that. They accept that to be truth. If you don't mind something, you'll kick that out. Like if I were today trying to convey to you that, that transgender or homosexuality is okay by God, you should not mind that. You, you, should, you should, you know, kick that out of your mind. 
Uh, but if I were to say to you, God is, is love and gracious, kindness, mercy is everlasting forever, you can mind that. That's, that's the truth. That's true. So you can accept that. But it says those that are under the flesh, they desire different things. Those that are in the spirit should desire different things. The two different worlds are one is flesh information under the culture of the world. The other one is spiritual information, and that should come to you by the culture of the church. Now, just any church, but the, the culture of church where God is. Uh, and you should mind that. Or you should, remember the old saying, mind your manners. Uh, that's a, a form of, of submitting to. Uh, that's a, a form of respect and honor to. So you can mind the household of faith if it's proven. Amen. Uh, that says, for to be carnally minded is death. To be carnally minded is to be leek and garlic minded. When you have a carnal mindset, you're all, a carnal mindset is just always in Egypt. It opposes, Egypt opposes everything God is. I, I said this a little bit on Sunday. I, I, I ask you to go back and listen to Sunday. I know we're out of time. We went way over today. But I, I just want to finish this. Uh, your little opinions that are not biblical, uh, your, your little attitudes that you form against biblical or spiritual things that are, that are not spiritually sound, are out of an Egyptian mindset. Uh, like you're complaining, it's out of Egyptian mindset. Uh, you know, uh, you forming an opinion because you just want to be you, that's an Egyptian mindset. Leave me alone, this is just me, who I am, that's a prisoner mindset. It, it, it's to come out of that and to be free, and until you come out of, out of that and be free, uh, you, you can have a God mindset. Are you still here? Uh, but to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, a lot of people don't understand the power and the worth of peace. Uh, I would give everything on this planet to, to, to continually live in peace. Everything I do in my life is not try to get money, it's try to get peace. Uh, there's, there's something about peace that nothing else can yield you outside of peace. But that's what a spiritual mindset does because the carnal mind is an enemy of God or it's against God. It opposes it directly. That word en enmity means directly opposes God. Uh, so you're, you're just neutral, simple mindset, a carnal mindset, is engaged in battle opposing God. I'm going to say that again. You're, you're carnal that word carnal, you think that just means flesh. No, if you study the Greek, that means you are engaged in operations uh, uh, against God. You've, you've taken up arms against God in carnality. Uh, you think I'm just neutral and carnal. I'm minding my own business. No, 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 no. If you're not pursuing uh, the spirit things, you're engaged in, in opposition uh, against God. You've taken up arms against God. Uh, amen. Uh, not amen, but amen, you're getting this. Uh, for this is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but they that are in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, that they be in the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God dwelling with you. Now, if any man is, have not the Spirit of Christ, he is not none of his. Uh, very simple. There's two mindsets. You figure out which one you feed, whatever one you feed is going to dominate, and that's that uh, spirit that dominates or the information that dominates you is going to create the culture mindset. 
Well, glory to God, uh, another podcast. I hope this helped you. I love you. Share this. Don't forget, Wednesday night, 645, we're going to have a great service here at New Way Church, newwaychurchfl.com in Palm Coast, Florida. Until next time, God bless you.